Good morning. Appreciate you guys joining me for another eight minute mind shift. Just uh, trying to stir your thinking. Um, I would um, unreservedly, unapologetically say to you that the one thing you could work on that will have the biggest impact on your life is not some relationship or circumstance, but the way you think. And the way you think about that relationship or that circumstance. So, uh, you know, that's where the whole mind shift name came from. And um, just love to talk to you. Just love to get you thinking. And God help us get us thinking differently. So last week we introduced the concept of toxins, poisons, you might say, or toxicity. And uh, just to recap real quickly, a toxin is a type of poison that is produced within the organism, the systems, the cells. And it's generally based on some uh, outside substance that the body metabolizes or utilizes in a certain way. And here's the thing, here's an important thought. Anything, virtually anything, can be toxic. It's all about the dosage. It's about the amount. You know, you've heard the phrase, too much of a good thing. I mean, obviously, it doesn't take a whole lot of a bad thing to make your day go off the rails. But most of us aren't aware that that anything, even good things, can become toxic. Can can uh, and and again, let's remember what toxins do. Toxins don't kill you. Toxins weaken you and torment you, and torment you in different ways by diminishing your capabilities, by uh, increasing your discomfort by uh, uh, debilitating the normal functioning of your systems, whether it's digestive, uh, um, your, 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 your uh, disease fighting, um, your emotional regulation systems. Uh, in other words, they just diminish your capacity to deal with life and enjoy life. Now, you know me, we're not, I, I'm not a health guy. I mean, look at me, I'm not a health guy. The deal is, uh, I'm a, I'm a head guy. I'm a, I'm a counselor and a pastor, and I've, I've spent 40 years of my life studying and poking and prodding how to help people um, win the war between their ears. And uh, obviously, I go at it from a Christian perspective based on biblical realities that I have found to be extremely toxin-defeating, you might say. So um, what I want to start doing today is talking about them. Uh, I, I think there's some pretty significant toxicity in the body of Christ, in the church, as we call it. Um, Lord willing, I'm going to work up the nerve this year to talk to you about some, some what, I call, what I would probably call toxic theology. I believe there's some theological positions that the church has taken for so long that they don't even question them anymore. And, um, and I think they're toxic. I think they weaken the church. And I think they um, diminish the church's capacity to uh, grasp and enjoy the fullness of life the way God meant for us to. And diminishes the impact and influence we're meant to have in the surrounding culture and uh, this awesome, amazing world that God created. So what I said a minute ago is that anything can be toxic. God designed you, I'm just reading something I wrote down, God designed you to be able to live in a somewhat toxic environment. In other words, God knew we were going to fall. God knew blah, blah, blah. 
but he also designed us in a way that, that there's an optimal level of dealing with things to where the toxicity is not destructive. Now, I just wanted to, I just wanted to give you an idea of what I mean when I say that anything can be toxic. Um, I picked up a book recently. And the book, uh, uh, it's called The Oxygen Advantage. And I'm not telling you to go out and read it. That's not what I'm saying at all. Because, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you need to. But, but here's what I found interesting about it. It basically says, and again, again, please don't think I'm, I'm saying all this is the deal. I'm just saying it's interesting to see from this perspective. But here's what the author says. The biggest obstacle to your health and fitness is a rarely identified problem. Chronic over-breathing. In other words, his premise is that you can have too much oxygen. How many of you know what hyperventilation? You ever hyperventilated? You know, when you get lightheaded and... Well, that's actually when you've taken in too much oxygen. And... Um, you know, I'll just read you a couple statements from the book. Um, what happens when the amount of air we breathe is greater than what we need? What happens when the amount of air we breathe? In other words, dude, are you kidding me? Are you telling me that I can have too much oxygen? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what this guy's saying. And any of us that have experienced that lightheadedness from over-breathing, um, just as eating too much can damage our health, so can over-breathing. And here's the key, and, and you know, I, when I saw this, I thought, okay, I gotta read enough to figure out where, where is this guy coming from? And interestingly, the key is carbon dioxide, which is the waste product of the process of uh, uh, oxygenation of things, and in essence, burning. Um, and carbon dioxide is responsible for the release of oxygen from the red blood cells to be metabolized by the body. The amount of carbon dioxide present in your blood determines how much oxygen you can actually use. So in other words, the toxicity is not the presence of either one. The toxicity is the relationship between the two. It's, it's the relative amount of the two. There's an optimal level of oxygen and CO2, and I'm not a medical doctor or anything like that. So the point is, um, you can overbreathe, and you can you can have a, uh, a toxicity from having too much oxygen. Now, again, one more statement: How we breathe determines the level of carbon dioxide present in our blood. All right, I guess you could say it this way: What I'm all about is this: How you think determines the toxicity in your soul. How you think determines the, your ability to take all that life offers you and all that life dumps on you and process it in a healthy, strong, vigorous way. And um, I have no problem believing that I'm on sound, scriptural, biblical premise when I say that. So, again, you're probably like, dude, this is what you always talk about. You're right, it is. Because I believe the single greatest thing you could say to yourself beginning this year is this. God, I want to find the toxins in my soul. I want to find the toxic feedback loops in my thinking where I believe a certain way, reality seems to confirm it, and so it strengthens my belief. I told you last week I was going to introduce a thought to you this week, so let me throw it at you. 
and, and we'll talk more about it next week, but this is a toxin that in most of us is a self-fulfilling prophecy. In other words, I believe this is true, so I speak it, and it happens, so therefore it must be true. And here it is. If so-and-so loved me, they would do blank. If God loved me, he would blank. Now, here's the problem. You know, you got a situation you need fixed, for lack of a better word, and you say, well, God, you know, you're, you know, I see all these people around me and they're enjoying you. If you love me like you love them, why isn't this happening? Now, the problem is you got if then, if then. Okay, if you love me, what did you just do? You just questioned God's integrity. You questioned kind of the whole message of the cross of Calvary. Because here's the deal. As soon as you do that, you're setting up the, the then. If, if you love me, then blank would happen. Well, it, it, it just, it, you know, remember what toxicity is. It doesn't kill you, but it weakens you. And it brings incapacity and torment into your life. Uh, maybe another way to say it is this. Uh, instead of hyperventilating or chronic over-breathing, as this gentleman said in his book, what about chronic overperforming? What if it's this if then? If I would or could blank, then if I prayed enough, if I stopped sinning, if I whatever, then God would blank. In other words, it's con anytime you do if then, if God loved me then, you're creating a conditional situation. If these conditions are met, then this will happen. We, you hear this phrase all the time around healthy Christian circles. God's unconditional love and acceptance. What does that mean? That means no if then. That means I am loved. This is still happening. Well, I need to figure out. I need to look at it differently. Don't let the then the situation affect the posture of that condition. So what we're going to talk about for a little bit as we get into the year is how you're, how you're creating these feedback loops where I believe this leads to that and reality kind of seems to confirm it. And so it strengthens the belief when in reality it's just wrong and there's other ways to look at it. So part of what we'll always do is try to shift perspective. I love this simple little thought. Simple shift of, shifts of perspective produce tipping points of progress. Simple shifts of perspective produce tipping points of progress. Ooh, we're going to talk about that. Love you guys. All right. We're going to have a good year, man. Talk to you later. Bye.